0: Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsey. All right. Hey, welcome to another Winning Series interview. This week, you guys are going to freaking love it. We've got GSD Moe, Joshua Smith out of Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the interview today, man. Why don't you just give us a second, in 60 seconds or less, give us a synopsis of where you've been, where you are today, and where you're going.
1: All right, so uh, 23 years old, moved out to Arizona from Michigan a college dropout.
0: Did I lose you?
1: Yeah, we did, I guess, for a second.
0: Sorry, we're back on.
1: Sorry, go ahead. All right, so uh, uh, 23 years old, moved to Arizona from Michigan, and uh, started to get real estate. He does a health club business before I got real estate. And I uh, decided to get real estate. I should have gotten the business to go open up a health club. Yeah. I was 23 years old. Want to open up my own gym. It's going to cost $800,000 to open my own facility. Decided, uh, uh, could get a loan. So I was like, all oh, right, real estate's cool. I love people. I'll work my ass off. Go out here, bank some cash, work some cash. And, uh, what happened to that journey? I just fell in love with real estate. I, I would say the health club business is my passion. The real estate business has become my obsession, right? So, um, First year in the business, I had a good year, dude. Second year, started my team, uh, kind of hit a capacity, and uh, since then, I've continued to just grow the team, man, so. What
0: what um, year was your first year in real estate? So
1: 2005. Okay. Um, got licensed, I did 48 deals my first year. Uh, realized, because in 2005, things are a lot different than they are today, right? So um, yeah. it, took, it took me so much longer. I mean, YouTube didn't exist still use the facts and I still had actually meet clients to sign and pay for it, right? So, um, uh, plus I was doing, I, you know, you're, you it's just called a job experience. You, you increase your capacity over time. Uh, so, you know, I was working for four the midnight. I'm like, holy shit, dude, I've hit this glass ceiling. I wanted to double my business the next year, but I couldn't fathom, unless I, unless I delegated and got some help, how I could even add another transaction to my business. So at that point, I had, uh, uh Employed my first assistant, who's my team manager, still with me today. So she's been with me since the end of 2005, uh, but didn't kick up my feet. And it was, okay, let me, let me keep on the pavement. Let's just keep doing this stuff. She's going to be doing this for, for eight hours a day for me. So let me just uh, uh, prospect that much harder. And uh, then about six weeks after I employed her, I remember the phone call like it was yesterday. I had a buyer call in. And uh, they wanted me to look at something. I pull out my schedule at this time. here, big a pretty ass day planner. And uh, um, I'm three weeks booked out, dude. Three weeks booked out and taken out a buy, and I lost the buyer. Because buyers wait, like, maybe three days, but not three weeks. So I'm like, okay, at this point, um, now I'm, I'm losing a lot of money. So that's when I started hiring buyer agents. And by the end of my second year, I had six, eight buyer's agents. And, and uh, you know, and then a lot of gnarly things have happened inside uh, uh, through that span. I mean, in Phoenix, that was all happening one of the biggest booms that our city's ever seen. You know, and then all of a sudden, just overnight, flipped on a dime, and, and now homes that was selling for $500,000, i am selling for $175,000. Lots, I was selling for $150,000, i am now selling for 5000 So, Richard, we just, the cool part is, dude, is, is I was blessed to really get licensed at the age and, and at the time that I did, because I was so young and dumb. Like, I had no idea uh, really what I was doing. Every single day, I was literally dude, just, just trying to move, shift, shape, adapt, it was just it was, every day was just solving so many massive problems. You know, so when the market changed, I, I was so used to just adapting every day. I didn't have bad habits yet. So we were really able to make that transition um, very, very easily into short sales, REOs. And when I say very easily, people are always like, because I was the top 100 team in, in, in the nation before the market crashed. and then, yeah, So I, I built a, a million-dollar GCI business um, within two and a half years. And then that mark, the market started crashing. So, uh, uh, you know, people are always like, oh, dude, would you go, you, know, you go to an REO conference? I mean, how did you meet these asset managers? I'm like, no, it took about 10,000 guys. You know, it was my prospecting time. Instead of doing open houses, door hangers, uh, calling expires, whatever I was doing at that time, um, it went now to just calling on asset managers. So, I don't know how, how you know, but i locked going lock myself in my, my closet and just banging out four or five hours of calls every day. Because I, I knew at that time if we did make this shift, and we we're gonna have to retract on a heavy level and to me i'm not a guy that has straight up monetary goals it's just hardcore growth me and my career growing or you're dying life is about growth so to me it's i refru- refuse to retract in any aspect of my life so i'm like okay we, we can't retract so we got to figure this out so um literally do four or five six hours on some days just dialing 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 and uh, about six months into that line up with 38 uh, asset managers you know we work for Next thing you know, we have thirty three hundred and fifty properties, assets, and we're able to transition in that. And then, of course, you're doing that, and that's a whole different breed. Um, you know, kicking people out of their homes and showing up with the sheriff and delivering eviction notices, and it's it's a uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a crazy business. I'm glad I'm out of it. Um,
0: so so let let's back up real quick. And before I do, I just want to let everyone know watching on the link that I had sent out to you. Go ahead and. You Start putting your questions on there. We'll get to those towards the end of this. I'm sure you'll have a lot for it. By the way, do you go by Josh or Joshua? It's fine. Either way, is
1: fine. There.
0: Okay, cool. I didn't, I didn't want to. I know that that's important. So Josh will more than likely answer a lot of your questions coming up here. So going back here, 2006, that sounds like your second year in real estate. You went from 48 deals, What? how many in year two?
1: Uh, to, to, to 2006, um, it, it was, I don't know the exact number, I know it sounds bad, but it was uh, in the 120 range. Uh, okay. you know, but at that point, too, like I said, I mean, I, at that point, that's where I just I learned the power of leverage. And because
0: and, and,
1: and, um, some people will sit there and hear this, like, well, how did you figure this out? Like, how did you figure that out at 24 years old? Well, you know, I was in the health club industry before I got into uh, real estate, and I was with uh, a, a large national franchise. So I had access to a lot of the best um, sales training that's, that, that exists, you know, right? So at that time, before I got in real estate, I was running as a, a, a district sales manager of five facilities overseeing about 80 salespeople. people. So, so I knew a lot of this, you know, so a lot of these, these tactics, okay, there's a lot of differentiation between the health club business into real estate, but kind of like you and I talked about before, at the end of the day, we're not realtors, we're entrepreneurs, real estate is a product that we happen to be involved in. The, the the overall process, and I operate for other businesses in addition to my real estate business. My real estate business today, like I literally probably spent about two or three hours max in it, right? Um so it's so it's my least kind of involved business, even though it's still, you know, we're averaging 53 home closings a month right now, still growing it. Um but uh you know the the correlations are the same, the, the pro, but the, the little intricate processes to the sales funnel uh, um deviate. So I was able to kind of tie that in pretty quickly for what it translates to in the real estate business. And uh, so, but like I said, 40 deals was my max. So when I say I went from, because a lot of people sit there and say, oh, this agent went from doing 60 deals a year to doing 300 deals a year. That agent didn't go from doing 60 deals a year to 300 deals a year. You know what I mean? Greatness can't be achieved alone. They had a team. It's a team of individuals. So when I say that, hey, yeah, we doubled our business uh, and kind of continued that pace for years, um, it was just because I kept adding more talent and i've learned these greatness can't be achieved alone like right now okay yeah we're averaging 53 closings a month i'm not on one of those people come up to me and be like oh josh you're so awesome i'm like hell no dude it's these guys that are badass
0: yeah and I, I i
1: you know i can't take the credit for any of it
0: so so hold on i want to point this out for you guys watching with an hour in the future key word that josh is saying is leverage you've got to be able to leverage your time there's a mindset and even though you're an agent, you're not necessarily an entrepreneur if you're trading time for dollars, right? You've got to learn to expand based on that word. So what are maybe two or three key indicators for those guys watching on that word leverage that you can, you can teach these, these viewers?
1: So, so trust equals capacity. You'll never grow your organization unless you learn to trust and delegate tasks out to other people. So so you gotta know the game. Know the game that we're playing, know the game that we're in. I get real estate, not a game, that's how we provide opportunities for our family, but if we pretend it's a game, you're here to win, which I hope all of you are here to win, Uh, you define winning for for your own life, but whatever that means to you, the only way you're gonna win is to know the game. So so then, okay, how do I need to add people um, to make sure that I'm playing the game and nothing's getting missed? So uh, for me, it's literally, you never grow a team, and and I get reached out, I don't know, 10 times a week from agents, with this question. Hey, I, I want to start a team. When should I start it? I say there's nothing wrong with wanting to start a team. Every real estate agent should want to start a team because otherwise they'll never have a business. You always have a job. Every time you take a break, you'll be starting over, right? So everybody should want to have a Everybody should have a desire to, at some point, create a team. So then you can actually have a business and have a life. Um. So, uh, uh, but you never start a team out of want. It's always out of necessity. So I always, I always hit capacity. So 48 homes, like I said, 48 homes, work for them to midnight, okay. There's no, I'm, not, I'm at my max capacity at that time. I couldn't figure out how to add more deals. So then it was, okay, well, let me then um, uh, delegate, bring on an assistant. And in 2005, not that teams weren't around, but YouTube didn't exist. It's kind of crazy to think YouTube didn't exist. <laughs> it's so crazy. So, uh, 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 it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but I guess it was, right? So I didn't have a lot of... of the team training that you go out there and you see today and YouTube and whatnot, right? So I'm out there trying to figure this out on my own, but luckily I had kind of a, some, some sales training, entrepreneur training in, in my background. Uh, so I knew, okay, I'm going to delegate out, uh, uh my lowest dollar producing activities, which was all the, the paperwork stuff, the admin support staff. Um, but it's all, all I'm doing and every business that I do do is just eliminate capacities. So I get here, I hit a capacity, okay how do, how do I grow? So what does that mean? A system, a piece of technology, a human being, what do I've got to do to allow myself to um, remove that capacity? And I think for real estate agents one thing that we've got to understand is, and here's kind of the philosophy I've always followed, right? So okay I'm going to be a single agent, I'm going to learn everything, do everything, I think when people sit there and say oh hire an assistant right out the gate, I think it's a huge mistake dude. Like you got to learn, you got to learn the business, learn, you know, go, go close a dozen deals yourself, learn the business, learn the transaction management piece. Cause then how can I manage and, and, and train and inspect what I expect on the assistant if I've never done the assistant role, right? So, so, um, so, okay. So I'm going to do that until I get to the point where I'm at my max capacity. Uh, um, then I'm going to bring on an assistant. So then I can focus on, there's only three areas that you make money in, in, in real estate, which is. I don't care where we go prospecting you in time, but it's setting appointments. Number two is conducting the appointments. Number three is negotiating contracts. So everything else, you got to start delegating, right? So then um, okay, now I'm busy. I got three weeks booked out for getting to the get buyers on my calendar, on my schedule. So then again, okay, what is what do I have the most capacity? Where's my most limited capacity, and how do I delegate this? So at that time, it became buyers, right? You needed buyer agents. Um, and, and, and I'm probably, I'm probably the, the, uh, a, a little bit of a maverick in the industry where I think it's utter BS when people say listings are the name of the game. Clothing are the name of the game. Listings become the name of the game for a high-producing agent or a team leader once they hit a certain capacity, a certain point in their business. So listings are most time-consuming, most costly, whatever. Like in the beginning, I was telling you readers just focus solely on buyers. they costuming, cost you anything. You can slay it with them. Um, build your business that way. Plus, they become the rating fans for the future. Sellers, it's hard to create a seller to a hardcore rating fan, right? So, um, so okay. So, but then I get to a point where now I've got these six buyers agents. I'm I'm the listing agent, but I'm also running this team. And my max capacity there was about sixty listings. So I realized, okay, I can't do anything. I, mean, I can't can't create more than twenty four hours a day, dude. Yeah. So uh, uh, so then at that point, then I brought on a listing agent once I hit that capacity, right? So then I got to a point where I was like, okay. Um, I, got, I got two choices here. I can go on this listing presentation, meet this client, work with this client, sell this one house. And, and maybe I do a great job and they refer me through the career, another 10 people. Or I could spend that same amount of time, money, energy, effort, uh, go out there and recruit an agent to join my team. And that agent could bring me in 50 deals a year. Right? So, so then, next thing I know, I'm just, I fired myself in the business, I'm recruiting agents. Because it's just increasing the capacities. What is the most strategic, smart way for me to grow my business? Uh, and then, uh, and then now at the point where I'm at, where now I'm hiring recruiters to do recruiting. So now I'm adding a uh, two plus team members every single week, and it, it's a funky spot where I'm at right now because I'll show up to my my team meetings and I don't know anybody. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to be. I, it's, it's the first time I've ever been there.
0: You're I've meeting been. them. That's that's awesome.
1: But uh, and then it'll be okay. Let me start hiring the recruiter that hires the recruiters. So it's just increasing those capacity.
0: So so one, I want I want to do a timeout real quick. And one of the things is. You know, I'm, I'm really skilled at phone call prospecting. That's how I built my whole business. And I've seen the model really expand the last several years with the ISAs. And I have so many clients, you know, coaching clients come to me and say, hey, I want to hire ISAs, yet they themselves are not doing the work. And I want to really indicate that right here with the message Josh is passing me, is maximum capacity. You've got to be able to do the work first before you can leverage and bring on talent. I mean, is that a fair assessment of what you're saying in a nutshell, Josh?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, here's how I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to go out there and do all of the lead gen cause I think that's the last thing you should ever give up in your business. That's the most important thing. And it's not the lead generation, it's the setting appointments. Leads are bre- irrelevant or inability to convert leads to appointments. That, that's, that, that, that's the issue in our industry. So that's the last thing that I'm going to give up. So I'm going to make sure i my max capacity there. But the other important thing, too, is, yes, so you're totally right there. Um, but the other thing, too, like, if you don't master that skill, if you don't master each skill as you're climbing up the, the, the ladder, whatever you want to say there, how the hell are you going to train that person? How are you going to inspect what they expect? How do I know if I'm doing a good, uh, if my ISA is doing good or bad or what their conversion ratios are, what the choke points are? And like, hey, hey where, where i got to be able to identify where those choke points? Is the CEO of our businesses, and right, we've got this ship. You're always going to have holes in your ship. Your job is to become a badass hole plugger. You know, right? So I'm just plugging holes. Well, if I don't know the, each one of those uh, areas at least to an extent, uh, I don't know how to identify those holes. So I don't know if I have a good ISA. You know, it, it, I mean, people want to go hire ISAs because at the end of the day, they're just they're fucking lazy too much of a, of, a, of a wuss to pick up this phone piece of plastic with a stranger that doesn't give a shit about them and their family um, and, and, they, and, they, and they let that uh, stifle their career
0: what if it, going back clear back to where you started when you're talking about prospecting asset managers see whether it's on the phones whether it's door knocking whether it's doing open houses massive open houses whether it's creating online leads, right, you've got to be doing something that creates people to have conversations with and, and set appointments. That is what we're trying to do is set appointments, qualified presentations, get them signed, negotiate contracts. And I think you've pointed that out with no matter how the market is shifting, you've had to really, I guess, evolve with the market in creating mass amount of appointments. Would, would, would you say that's what you've done?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's not the strongest that survive. It's those that adapt and move and shift and change the quickest that always survive, right? So, yeah, you've got to be able to adapt and shift with the marketplace. Um, and, and like you, you just kind of alluded on, my business, for example, you guys, has done nothing grow since 2005. And this isn't bragging. This is just, I mean, it's the reality of it. So it doesn't matter, boom, bust, massive foreclosures, everything in between. We've grown every single year, not just survive, uh, but been able to thrive. Every single year, and, and why is that? It's because dude, we just we focus on what you you were just talking about is okay. Identifying what are the activities we need to be focused on in the year that we're living in the marketplace that we're on, and making sure those activities are hit heavily daily. So before that, um, I'm doing open houses. I'm doing fifty thousand door hangers a month. I'm doing all this other stuff. Um, now my activities go hardcore into asset management. Um, yeah. You know, then what are my activities today? My activities today is like Facebook. Like I, I'm not a cold call. I don't. I don't. I don't call. I don't door knock. I don't, I don't do that. Right? I mean, I'm heavy Facebook. I'm heavy open houses. So that changes. But guess what? In 12 months, that's not going to be effective. Well, and and look at
0: this. So okay, whether that lead comes from Facebook or an open house, right? You go there, you get people to give you their information, create some sort of interest to ask you questions, right? You still got to have the ability, or your sales team has to have the ability to convert that lead into an appointment right so there's a skill there that it doesn't matter where it comes from but you've got to convert it to an appointment and so I, I want to point that out to everyone it doesn't matter I know that Zillow was a huge thing for a long time I don't know if you use Zillow or not uh Boomtown ROI is a, a huge thing but at the end of the day you've got to have a conversation with these people so tell me in a nutshell with these Facebook leads or open house leads what's the strategy with them what do you guys use it
1: so, so the fortune's always in the follow-up. The average real estate agent right now falls up, what, like 40 minutes, it falls up twice. You guys gotta get in 2015. They come me time for sold a day. The average human being they sold 2,000 times a day. We don't have the mental capacity to handle it. they probably sitting there saying, oh, dude, I'm not sold 2,000 times a day. Yes, you are. Our minds just do a brilliant job at blocking that stuff out. So we, uh, 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 um, you've got to hit. So when I talk about my follow-up strategy, it freaks people out, right? Because I mean, it's so aggressive. You have to be so ungodly aggressive. So I get a lead. It's almost the same process from everything. of these sources slightly Let's say it's a Facebook lead. If it comes in with the cell phone number We they get a, a six. within a 60 seconds. They get a personalized right here selfie test video um, Then they get uh, within that a 60-second email. They get put on our drip campaigns They get put on our alerts. We do a Monday motivational uh, email that goes out. We do a Friday what's happening message then they're they're with their cell number uh, we are also within the 14 day span we're sending six additional text messages, then a text message every twenty-one days for the life that they're in my system. So if I guess me for And that's
0: all automated. That's all automated.
1: Um no no man, you can't you can't all you can't always automate all of the human you, you can't Interaction. automate the human connection. Right? so the drip systems, the alerts, um, you know, but certain text messages, certain you can't dude, it's impossible to automate the, the human connection. So, so we've got a lot. Probably 80% of it's automated. 20% is us still stepping in. So, like, if I see you in, in an alert, Colt, and I said you looked at a property, or state looked at a property five times, or state the property. I'm gonna do a selfie video. Hey, notice that you check. Hey, Colt, what's up, dude? Hope you're having an awesome day. Might let's say, dude, you a client? Um, <laughs> hey, Colt, what's up, man? Uh, hope, hope you're having a you know an awesome day, man. Hey, notice that uh, uh, you saved this listing. I've got some availability. We're gonna go check it out today. You know, or tomorrow on your way home from work. Right? So I, 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 we bring in a lot of, of personal flavor as well, but 80% of it's automated. Uh, so we're just hitting it. We're hitting it. In my, my business right now, I, I do zero phone calls, though. We just don't have the time. We're, we don't make the time because it's just right? it's 98% of people are, are opening up text messages. Right now, 90% of text message open and read. when I going phone calls is answered. So we'll do voicemail broadcasts and a slide broadcast. But right now, we're still so heavy with text. And they like, what's, like, Colton, I know you got kids, dude. Um, when you travel, like, I don't know about you, but when I travel, I don't want I don't to talk to my kids on the phone. I'm going to get this on FaceTime.
0: Yeah, so it's hear, FaceTime, yeah. You can do
1: this audio. Dude, but people want to connect. They want to see Colton's face. They may not want to see my ugly mug, but they're still <laughs> um, You know, so, so um, what's the next best thing to be in face-to-face is a personalized video. So, dude, I hit the hell. I personalized video. everything I'm doing. And then the cool thing is I can integrate that while I'm driving around. Um, past clients, whatever it may be. Hey, was just driving down the street. Just speak about you. Want to check in, see how your family doing? Hope you have a dope day, dude. They don't want to talk to us either, you know. Right? So, so the, the fifteen-second yeah. personalized selfie videos um, are so powerful, and people are opening. So
0: here's a question: You you're connecting with these through selfie videos, through text message. At what point do you are you presenting to these clients, or has the presentation kind of gone out?
1: So. Uh, um, yeah, our strategy right now in 2015 is, is especially because in our market, we're in a hardcore seller's market, meaning um, things happen fast. Certain areas, you've got wood months worth of inventory in the marketplace. So let's just say a buyer, for example. Uh, we are so uber aggressive at getting our buyers into a property. Right? So everything that we're doing is just getting, we're not trying to meet with them first. We're not trying to have an appointment first. We just want to meet face-to-face. The stat is 66% of buyers were the first agent that they meet with in person. So for us, it's just all about being first. So, so these, these,
0: are, these are leads that are coming off of signs, Facebook, website,
1: anything right, like that. Houses, whatever. I, I, I'm a believer in, you don't do a thousand things, right? Success is doing a thousand things. It's doing a few things brilliantly you know, thousands of times. So for us right now, we're chips all in our mega open house strategy. Um, our Facebook, uh, free squeeze page, which is, you know, generate thousands of free leads every single month through that strategy. Pretty epic strategy, and then our paid Facebook traffic, um, you know. But but you look at that, like I've got a team. So when when you talk about our team size, most teams our size are spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on marketing, right? I mean, we we spend uh, about twenty-four thousand, right? So so you're able to do this and in, in prospecting that. Thing. Twenty-four thousand
0: uh, dollars. How often are you spending that?
1: Uh, a, a year. I mean, that's my that's my ad uh, budget. Okay,
0: for so your ad budget. Okay,
1: uh, i say that. I mean, so when we take that down, okay, well, yeah, we got equipment for open house signs. You got websites you're paying for. I don't, I don't classify those as, as marketing though. But um, yeah, so so these are people coming. Any source that they come in, it doesn't. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter just because it's an expired mm-hmm. lead or it, it doesn't. They're a human being. Human behavior doesn't change. You Like your human behavior from you buying a car to buying a house to buying a cell phone. Is this, it's the same process, right? So um, human beings are human beings. So to me, I don't really pay attention to lead source. People go, oh, this is a shitty lead source. I'm like, no, dude, it's just your attitude toward that lead source is shitty. It's a human being. There's no such thing as a cold lead. And, and that's the human being. You know, they, 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 they pass away and their body's cold. But at that point, they're all, they're all human beings that may or may not do business with you. But if you do your job, you, you increase that likelihood. So we have, right now, we are aggressive. Sellers is a different beast, but uh, right now the buyers, we are so uber aggressive at just getting them into a home. We don't try to pre-qualify them first. We don't bring them into our office. Uh, we just get them into our house and then we do the consultation right then
0: and there. Awesome. So you're doing, you're doing a, a consultation. Have you guys used anything like uh, hangout or FaceTime to do consultations and just get contract signed, DocuSign?
1: Yeah, because we, we, uh, Phoenix is a big reload area. So you get a lot of people from the Midwest, Northwest, moving down here. So either way I'm doing a consultation and if it's got to be like this through, you know, a Skype call or whatever, absolutely. We're doing a Skype call. If it's gotta be through a speakerphone setup, yeah, whatever it may be, uh, um, we're having a a consultation of some sort, right? So,
0: so the purpose of the consultation is to pretty much set the expectation. Then, And are you guys getting contracts signed with these buyers or are you just working them and praying that they don't slip out?
1: you know, when you say we, you know, when you have a team You're environment, you can't mandate everybody to do everything. Me personally, um, and I don't sell homes anymore. Like I always joke with my team, if my mother's buying a house, she goes to a teammate. Uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I refuse to sell real estate anymore. just because, again, that, that puts back in traction mode. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I will not work with a client without a buyer broker side. I mean, it's just to buy a broker, buy employment, agreement whatever it's called in your area, it has to be done. Uh, but most agents have a tough time with them because they don't know how to ask for them. So mm. our, everything in life is intentional. So, like, for example, um, when we meet somebody in a property, when, when we're touring the property with them, um, we're using that time to fill out our dream home form. What do you like about this? What don't you like? Why don't you like that? Why do you like this? What are your needs? So, these rooms are too small. Um, what kind of size would be ideal for you and your family? Like, we're, just, we're nailing that in, right? So then I go into, so we, 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 we identify exactly what their dream home points are. I start every consultation with this, with this script though, um, which allows me to ask and gives me permission to really ask any question that I want. So I just tell them, hey, in order for me to serve and support you at the highest level, I have to ask a lot of questions. I have to have 100% clarity on exactly what your expectations are and what your goals are. I find the worst place for me to serve and support you in helping you through this process is to base off of assumptions. So I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions. I apologize if they sound redundant or repetitive, and I apologize if they sound high pressure. There's no right or wrong. There's no, they're not, nothing is meant to be questioned. There's no right or wrong with these answers. Again, it's just to uh, give me clarity of, of what you're looking for, what your goals are, what your expectations and timeframes are. So then I ask certain questions, like, okay, in a perfect world, when would you be sticking the key into the front door of your home? What would movement be? Okay, if, if we find your house today, the house that meets all your criteria, this dream home today, um, are you willing, prepared, and, and, and at a point you're, you're, where you're willing to come back to the office immediately and write an offer? So and it doesn't mean if they say no, I'm not like, okay, why not right there? But it just lets me know how to prep for objections that I'm gonna hit it, it, it coming up pretty quickly. Objections are like 99.9% of the time, unless you're just dealing with the total asshole, um, are always a lack of education, right? So so, so we, we spend so much time like, dude, I'll take out, and I have agents on my team, for example, Chris Marks, one of my agents, fourth of July weekend, he put four different buyers under contract, just met him that week, um, all under contract in the same weekend. One of them was your multiple offer situation where our offer was $3,000 under the next highest offer. So people are like, Oh, I don't like buyers because it's too much work. I'm like, dude, buyers to me, I mean, it's now money. I, I, we, we our consultation process is so in depth. We know how to, uh, uh, qualify them. I need a buyer today, at open house. I go get them uh, in, in properties tomorrow and we're signing a deal. So to me, it's like, okay, buyers take me four hours. Shit, by the time I got my listing paperwork and, and ordering my signpost stuff, I've got more time to do a seller. So the whole thing of, of all I want to go after sellers because um, it's less time consuming. No, it, it just means that your buyer process. Because everybody in this industry just wants to focus on their seller process.
0: Do you do you guys it? utilize showing agents at all, or is it just the buyer agent works with them in every every step?
1: Yeah, we we have. And that's that's kind of the cool part too about all these different markets that we've been through is yeah, I've been able to kind of reinvent myself so many different times and it's going to I've tried it all. I've had specific buyers, specific listing agents, um, showing assistant models. Uh, it's just never worked for, for my culture and for our organization. Um, I have a lot of real estate uh, agent friends uh, that I worked brilliantly for. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I love about this business. Your style can be totally different than mine. You can be uber successful. I could, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. If I go to the gym and I'm going to work out my legs, there's a thousand extra that I could do. Right, but I only need to do three of them to get results. So yeah. for three, go in there do it, whatever they are, just become the best person in your space at those, do it consistently over time, and you're going to have uber success. So, um, but no, my agents now do everything, right? So they're a listing agent, buyer agent, I and mean, I mean, we provide all of the um, contracted clothes so they don't touch it. You're going to have them took to inspections, like they don't, they don't touch it from there. Um, so
0: they're, they're putting contracts together. That's what they're doing. Hey, go get contracts together, then we'll process it from there with the, the admin.
1: Yep. Yep. So all they have to do, do is legit – so the three vital signs, right, that I was talking about earlier. Um, Setting your appointments, uh, uh, client – then going on their client appointments, conducting appointments, and then negotiation contracts. We keep them off of everything else. Okay. Yeah, so so then what, what we found with that where it wasn't so much – um, an issue with the clientele became a cool cult, an, an internal culture thing. So, like I said, for me, life is growth Um business to me is culture. When people are like, Oh dude, I need to grow my culture within my business. I'm like, well, you know, it, it, it's probably, it could be too bad. I get, that's get that encourage them and gets." but it's like, dude, business is culture, right? So whatever what's good for the culture, and the energy of your team, what's important to you, your style with it, um, and it really, really had a negative effect on our culture because you get that buyer agent that works with these people, helps them out. Now those people want to sell. And they can't work with them, or you know, will have one client being serviced by two people. And it, again, it wasn't um, a monetary decision, it was literally a culture decision. A culture I, decision. A, a yeah, my agents were happy with it, they didn't like it, they want to be able to service it all. Plus, they get burned out. If all you're doing all day long is listing, point, listing, point, listing, point, listing, point, or buy, 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 you know, whatever, dude, you get burned out. You know, it's good to have a little bit of a of flavor. So to me, my agents, they don't need to master listing presentations presentation. they need to master client presentations it doesn't matter what kind of client you're with dude you know, i don't care if buy are buying a 50-unit a apartment building you now i've got to represent developers luxury of townhouse developments that was commercial like i to me it's that doesn't matter i'm just going to master the appointment process um and then uh, 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 uh the negotiation process that's what we keep. the
0: focus on so i, I kind of want to change gears a little bit you know we've talked quite a bit about the the real estate sales side, but I want to tap on to the other side of what, what really drives you, right? There's I see it as five different pieces to our human life value: spiritual, mental, physical, social, and financial, right? And I think that there's other aspects that you've really been able to tap into with your life that propel your business, propel your financial growth forward. What would you say that, you know, those those other and most important things are that you have to do to drive your business that are not actually the sales side of it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, and it does, dude. And, and when I, whenever I'm working with, I don't do any one-on-one coaching or consulting at this point in my life anymore, but uh, when I was or when I taking on a new teammate, um, I get people dialed in on clarity. It all boils down to clarity. We're all here for such a brief existence, blink of an eye, this life is over, it's done. Um, what must happen between now and then? Me to be fully fulfilled. So, uh, I had an awesome experience even when I was uh, younger. I worked in the hospital and I was a nurse's aide on the hospice floor. And I did this for two years. And hospice is last resort. It's people's last resort, peace out, they're done, right? They're just waiting to expire there. So, I'm having, I'm working 12 hour shifts, having these in depth, hardcore conversations with people on the deathbeds, spending more time with them than their family members are right, at that point. Um, and of the hundreds, if not thousands, of patients, one thing that's always stuck with me, so of is every single one of them had this massive shoulda, woulda, coulda list. Oh, I wish I would have married this different person. I wish I would have taken this other job. I wish I would have traveled. I wish I would have spent more time, been a better father, better better mother, whatever it may have been, um, this huge shoulda, woulda, coulda list. Not one of them was like, oh, dude, life was epic. Life was amazing. You know, ready, ready for the next journey. So, so I realized at that point in my life, and, and at that point in my life, I was obese. Um, I was depressed. I was a raging alcoholic. Um, I was broke, uh, so, so I was at a bad spot, and I realized, okay, for me, dude, I, I was searching for a way to get out of this bad spot, from literally at a point where I was thinking about committing suicide every single day, and that's, as this experience was happening, I'm like, all right, uh, for me to get out of this depressed state, uh, the, the, what's the opposite of depression is fulfillment, and I realized, going through that experience, that for me to be fully fulfilled in life, um, I've got to be not experienced with those people on, on the deathbeds we're experiencing, but okay, so, so all of us at some point in our life are going to have an internal conversation with ourselves and it's going to be, Hey, dude, you know, here, here was it. There's no time to go back and change it. This is the ultimate scoreboard. What did I do? Did I piss away this one gift called life I was blessed with? Or did I get on the field, that play ball, that operate my full potential, that I go up and do everything I possibly can to create an epic life? Maybe I didn't hit all my goals, visions, and, and, and everything I wanted to create my life, um, but at least I know with full certainty that I offered at my full potential and I gave it my all and I left it all in the field. So I realized for me at that point, the only way for me to be truly fulfilled in life um, was to be able to answer that question by saying, yeah, with 100% certainty in my heart, I know I gave it my all. Uh, so I just went to work. Hey, hey, Josh, real, real quick, I got
0: a message from a couple people that they're having a hard time hearing your audio. I hear it just fine, but I don't know if... Maybe everyone turn up your volume. I, I hear it fine on my end. So I just want to stop there. Okay. So, sorry, get back into that, and then me interrupt yeah, so, you there.
1: So, so then from there, dude, it just starts leveling up. Okay, what, what are the things that I might – like, what do I want in life? And then I don't – I never – I think balance is bullshit. I never focus on balance. It's all life I integrate. So what are the things that are important to you, dude? So, okay, well, my health. You know, I, I, I want certain health. I, I mean, this is my vehicle to operate my, my life from. I want it to look a certain way. Um, I want it to serve you, dude. I want massive energy, so I can go slay it for eighteen hours a day. Then go home, be a dope father, put the kids to bed, be a dope husband. Um, sleep as little as I possibly can, because every time I sleep, I gotta take a break from. I always, I always joke and say, man, every time I go to sleep, I gotta pause awesome. You know, hey, have, saying, have you ever, have
0: you ever read the book Four Hour Workweek?
1: Yeah, yeah, Tim yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've read the Four Hour Workweek work still dope. My, my favorite, I, I do follow Tim Ferriss. My favorite book of Tim Ferriss is Four Hour Body, is the second book. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, dude. But, yeah, the absolute red
0: 4-Hour week. So, so in, in the 4-Hour work week, he talks about a sleep regimen. Maybe it's the 4-Hour Body he actually talks about it, but the sleep regimen of sleeping in 20-minute increments. And yeah. so you're – have you ever tried it, gone to that level?
1: Buddies that do, man. I, I've got a lot of buddies in the kind of health and of fitness and biohacking space, um, and, and, and I'm quite a, the biohacker myself. But I, I've never – biohack my sleep at that point. Now, I do a lot where, because um, I've been trying to get my sleep to to consistently four hours a night where uh, no brain fog, full energy. Uh, um, so I do a lot of certain things with, okay, taking certain supplements uh, uh, to get you to REM sleep quicker, eliminating blue light, like doing certain things with that, but I've never tried uh, every two hours taking a 20-minute power nap. It's, 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 I know a lot of guys that do it, and it's successful for them, it works, because you're only in REM, you're, you're, it's not how much sleep you get, it's how much time you spend in RIM that matters. And you're only RIM in about 20 minute segments. So that's why they really talk about you know, doing those 20 minute power naps throughout the day.
0: Yeah, so the other, the other four hours everyone's sleeping out there, eight hours a night to 10 hours a night, is just laziness, right?
1: Well, I don't want to say that. I mean, everybody's body's different. Like, I mean, if, if, you, if you need seven hours of sleep, go get seven hours of sleep. I, I'm not here to judge anybody. Um, I just know for me in my life, you know, like, who the hell am I to tell anybody what success should be? I'm, I'm no, like, I I'm just know what I want it to be for my life. I know the energy that I want, the, the way I want my body to look. I know what exactly, want. crystal clarity on the outcome that I want with my marriage. I know the exact outcome that I want with my children and the exact outcome I want with my businesses. I know the exact outcome that I want to be perceived uh, um, by others uh, uh, in, in the world from, right? So um, I just operate every moment in life intentionally, making sure that- uh, uh, So here, here's a
0: question. Question, man, as you're talking about clarity, that's you, you brought that up clear from the first of this interview. I've, I've seen your some of your videos on YouTube that talk about this. It even reminds me of Napoleon Hill talking about definite purpose, right? Being definite with your purpose and, and defining what your success is, even you know, talks about that, right? So, what do you do to, to allow that clarity in, in your, your, your marriage, in your family relationship, in your business, in your health? What do you do that gives you that clarity?
1: Alright, uh, so, so number one, you got to pay daily attention to it. Number two, got to deal with realities, right? Like, I know none of us like to think about death, but it, it, it exists. So right now, as we're on this call, um, you know, I'm, I'm 33 years old right now, right? So, uh, so if, if I lived to the average age of the average human being to 84 years old, and I do the math, prorate the months, that means I only have 603 months left on planet Earth. And look how fast these months just fly off the fucking calendar, dude. So, so I, I put that number each month, I recalculate, I have that number everywhere. And so okay, what must I do um, in this 603 months of, of, of time to create the life uh, uh, that I know I'm capable of creating in every aspect of my life? And I just, dude, I, I just sit, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about that, dude. What am I gonna regret? What am I not gonna regret? Well, I know I'm not gonna regret going to Buffalo Wild Wing and, and you know Wild Wings for happy hours. I'm not gonna be like, oh shit, dude, I wish I would've watched more TV. Oh, shit, sure. I wish I would have had more peers with some acquaintances telling a bunch of stupid fucking half truths that didn't exist anyway, right? I know that I will regret um, not being the best father I could be. I know that I would regret not being, being uh, uh, the best husband I could be and give my wife what I signed up for. I knew I'll, I'll regret not going out there and giving it my all to create the businesses that I want to create. I know that I'll regret not having a positive impact as many lives as I possibly can. So I just spent a lot of time saying, what do I want? Always ask yourself, like, So, always what's the outcome that I, I have a three step called the GSD mode model. What's the outcome that I want for my health, for my fitness? Uh, um, you know, you talk about spiritual, it's whatever it is for you. If it's religion, throw in religion. I don't, it's just what it is for you. There's no right or wrong. But what is the outcome that you want each area of your life that matters to you, that's important to you? Step number two, what are the problems and obstacles in the way? Success is not an addition, it's an elimination, right? Why don't we, we got to eliminate the things that are uh, uh, prohibiting us from doing the things that we know we must be doing to create the lives that we want to create. So what are the op- problems and obstacles in the way? And then step number three is what are the must-do action steps to eliminate the problems and obstacles to make them a reality? And every day, I spend 20 minutes. You now, to me, it's just it's reflect, plan, execute, right? So every day, 6 p.m. here, I'm reflecting every aspect of my life. Uh, I'm reflecting on it, learning from it, growing from it, trying to be more effective and efficient at it. Um, and I'm always planning out the next day. So you know, I don't do annual business plans. I don't... You now let's just
0: do daily, daily, daily. Work and getting intentional. <laughs> what I've—I uh, don't know if you're familiar. Have you been through anything with peak potentials? I Oh, they bar, are. That last part
1: broke down just real slow. Have, have you have you
0: done have you studied with with peak potentials or quantum leap or T Harv or anything like that before? No
1: nah, I've never even heard of them, so no. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you, dude. The, the screen's fuzzy, but I can hear you good.
0: Your screen's fuzzy, too. What the age? Hopefully it comes through clear. It should. I've had this happen before. but So, so one of the things that I'm, I'm really realizing, like I've had this pursuit for, you know, ever since I realized financial freedom was even a possibility, right? My mind is evolving. Okay, it's not financial freedom, right? It's, it's freedom. If I was freedom with this idea of what fi- financial freedom would, would allow you, what would I do with my life? And then it's about, okay, here's these priorities that I identify. Now put them in my life. When am I going to take action on this, right? And you know, being a father, uh, kids are like the greatest thing on planet Earth. They just make me smile, especially my own kids. Other kids I don't really care about, but my own kids I I love. So it's okay. If I want to define that relationship with them, if I want to define that relationship with my wife, how come I'm not making that the number one thing on my priorities to schedule my calendar, right? So you probably have a calendar, a massive schedule to to stay organized and stay on par and on task. Tell us how do you how do you regiment your priorities and what you're putting to make happen? Is that just part of your 20 minutes that you do?
1: Yeah. So so um, you know a lot of people I think get this get this wrong to a point of like what you're saying of okay well. Yeah, you know, I need to go out there and be the best father and the best husband I can be. Well, part of being the best father and the best husband I can be is providing opportunities, right? If you can't provide a roof over the head for your kids, yeah, you know, I'm caveman. So I'm, I'm old school. It's my job to leave the damn cave every day, go out there, kill some shit, and bring it home to feed my family. And if I don't kill some food to bring home, why the hell am I coming back to the damn cave? Like, right? that's my number one obligation as a father is to create opportunities for my kids, period. So, so some people look at this, like, oh, Josh, you work 80 hours a week. Yeah, you, know, you must not care about spending time with your family. I'm like, no, you know, dude, I work 80 hours a week because I care that much about providing options for my family. You know, but the cool thing is, is uh, you can't have it all. Success doesn't come out sacrifice. You just eliminate the things and get to choose what you're gonna sacrifice. But I, I don't, I don't have cable or TV in my house, right? Like I choose very closely what I cut out. I don't, I don't go partake in um, shallow barbecue. You know whatever it may be with this stuff i'm very intentional about that so um yeah so i mean it's 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 spinning i, I do 20 minutes a day and my planning and my reflection i spend an hour every week on sundays kind of dissecting the whole week and then every quarter i'll take like a full day and really hit it with, with reflection but get with that daily daily conscious work
0: awesome well guys i want to lead into some of the questions you guys are giving out um We've got about 15 minutes left. You can go ahead and either put the question, I've opened up the Q&A on the Hangout itself or the link I sent you that you're probably watching it on. Go ahead and post it on the thread below. One of the questions is, what are the three things you would recommend to a person just starting out in in real estate, immediate, actionable items?
1: Yeah, absolutely, dude. So so number one, go get a database. Your number one uh, uh, asset in this business is the connection with your database. Get a database. Can't afford one? Go use like a Podio or a Mailchimp. That's free to begin with. Get a database. Every single day So you,
0: you mean free. like a man a database management system? Is that what you're talking? Yeah, contact
1: management system. Yep. Okay. Database. So um, uh, Podio is a free one. Start with like, shit, dude. If, if you have to, right. you buy like a Wise Agent account at twenty five bucks. Just get something we can put these human beings into, so you can reach out and continue to connect with them. So that's number one, dude. And then number two, become obsessed with getting a minimum of three human beings in that database every single day. Because right? if you do a good job of follow-up, 5% of the human beings you put in your list will do business with you eventually, right? So I want to do 50 deals a year, that means I got to get 1,000 human beings that year in my database. Um, and then, of course, you got to follow-up, right? So the fortune to follow, but that's, that's with, okay, you're, you're going to take what Colton and I talked about with the follow-up strategy. So get, get that database, add three human beings in there every single day, um, if you're in the beginning you, if you're just starting out, what am I going to go out there and do? I do I, so check this out. I don't know if you're asking the question's name, um, but I, I was 23 years old, young, punk kid, got in this business. I had nothing. Right? Within two and a half years, built a million dollar a year GCI business all off of open houses. And in the beginning, like, I just begged and borrow people's sons, you know, whatever it was. But here, here's why I love open houses. I have people coming to me. They know what they're coming in for. Right? They, they, they know what's up. Um, They've identified a neighborhood I and mean, then far along the process. If I get an internet lead, what am I doing, right? If I get an internet lead, man, I got to go through this whole dating game to try to just set an appointment. Now I'm face-to-face, I've got the appointment. So open houses are critical, I focus on open houses right now, something that's slaying it for us. That's free, free, because in the beginning, don't spend any money, dude. You don't have money to spend, you got to keep revenue. Do not start investing in your business until the revenue starts coming in. Don't allow yourself ever to go into the rent. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, Facebook squeeze pages are, 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 are pretty epic. You guys can go to my YouTube channel. I've got a lot of videos and trains, me me training on that stuff too. Um, and, uh, and, and just understand you're going to have to put in the hustle. You got to put in some hustle also. If you want to be uber successful, uh, this business is, uh, eyes open to eyes closed business. You're not going to, you're not going to become successful. Okay. Yeah. You might hear a dude like me that says, okay, I work like five hours a week. Right? Um, well, I worked a hundred hours a week for eight years building this, you know, without taking a vacation for, you know, five years straight without taking one single day off, hundred days a week. definition of entrepreneurship, at least in my opinion, is sacrificing a certain portion of your life, um, living like nobody else for a certain por- portion of your life, so then you can live the rest of your life like nobody else. So, so work your ass off, get a database. I, I would start, if you're asking me, you start with open houses.
0: Yeah, open houses are one of the quickest way to create now business. Absolutely. Here's a question: What do you use for your CRM?
1: Uh, so I use a system called Conversion, Conversion with a K. Uh, it's okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, uh, it's a thousand bucks a month for the t model. I'm um, actually right now one of my other business ventures. I'm, I'm uh, an owner in a software development firm. We're creating our own software right now to try to create. You know kind of, kind of the boom town for the single agent that's going to be uber affordable um but for the single agent because a lot of agents can't go forward a 1500 month boom town account or a thousand dollar a month conversion account type tiger leagues but i use conversion right now um i started off with wise agent uh and then by right year into it i, I wanted something at a front end and a back end meaning the website you capture. so then i went with real pro systems use real, real pro systems is dope dude i love that I and mean, it's 100 bucks a month it's an awesome site for for people especially just starting out with and then you get to a point maybe in five years where you've got five agents on your team you need something a little, a little bit more uh, um, extravagant than that but uh real pro is a great place to start that's the cr on that
0: awesome so what are some you to this is that even a possibility
1: Re- repeat the question again
0: what are some ways that a new agent can use YouTube to help their business?
1: Yeah. So you guys should all be using YouTube. 72% of sellers are only interviewing one real estate agent right now. Uh, so you use YouTube and It's because YouTube exists. So what are things that you could be doing? Well, education videos, keep them short, keep them under a minute, education videos, uh, video, videos on, um, you know, if you're doing open house, just get content is key. Get Push tons of content out there. Property tours. They don't really care. What the video is about it doesn't have to be some fancy green screen media production so when you go out to like one thing that we do for a lot of our clients is if i can't get them to go meet at the property but i know they have a lot of interest i'll run to that property with my iphone hey i know you, you weren't ready to come in here yet but let me just want to stop by the property and create a video so i'll do a 10 minute video but I pu- i'll publish that live on youtube so then everybody else can see it and see what i'm doing they just want to see content out there they want to see that you're active out there and they want to see that you work your freaking ass off for your clients so so don't problem with a lot of people is they try to get like they want to make all this shit sexy. Right? Don't have the whole paralysis through analysis deal. Get out there and push out content. Um, but I I still to them what you want, you know, quick little tips, um, educational tips. Every content that you should sit out should either entertain, educate, or inspire. One of those three things and only three things. So educate them on the process, um, educate them on, on the market, educate them on on other properties in the area. Um, educate them on your open house strategies, what you're doing, whatever it may be, you know, and then we throw in a lot of entertainment stuff in ours as well, uh, you know, and then inspirational stuff too, people dig that. Dude. I mean, we spend out, half of my content is inspirational stuff that has nothing to do with real estate because human beings don't like you because they think that you're cool. They like you because of how you make them feel about themselves, so I'm looking to be known as, okay, I'm the, I'm, they know me as a real estate agent, they get that, uh, but I also wanna have uh, strike that emotional core. And have a different type of a human connection
0: what are, what are you doing to here's the question what are you doing to build your passive income
1: um so i build a real estate business that uh, i get paid on 53 transactions a month when i can't tell you one address and so that that's that's a good chunk of passive income now um so so um businesses everybody's got their, a different model right so i like to build businesses that bring in passive income part, part with passive income is i really i i really haven't created passive income in that everything still takes work rental properties it still takes work right it's still I means yeah, it's mailbox money coming in but invest invest whether it's it's residential real estate that you're investing in um that is bringing in rental income for you uh whether it's your business so okay my real estate business i spent eight years building it up um you know i'll get paid on on 600 some transactions this year i can't tell you one address I could piece out for, like right now, we're, we're in the process, this year we're going to move to Florida, my family and I, teams and areas, like this doesn't stop, this keeps going, right? So so that that's a passive income source. Uh, um, and I'm always looking, just different affiliates, different things uh, uh, with that. So my podcast, start so a podcast, that can give, give, build up sponsorships, just like Colton, I mean, all my stuff's free, you know, right? So between between our, our iTunes and then Stitcher, you know, let's say you're getting 50, 60,000 downloads a month, now sponsors start paying you, that becomes passive in, a passive income source um, and then uh, a lot of what I do is, is okay so I take what I've done let me just kind of walk you through my journey because that's will kind of explain it so this this is why being so focused you guys on mastery is so critical If all you do is just be so focused on being the best person in your space that you're gonna dominate the marketplace will reward you but you only get rewarded based on mastery you're gonna get punished like a motherfucker if you're not focused on mastery. The marketplace punishes mediocrity. So I'm going to focus whether it's like Colton, dude, Colton's become a badass, calling expires and expire the FSBOs. Well, now he's got other products and other things because people are like, dude, Colton dominates the space. He's the man in this space. So I'm going to master my space um, and then I'm going to start pillaring off income from that. Right? So I do a 90 day mastery uh, of boot camp with real estate agents, right? So, so every quarter we get about 300 agents coming in there. That coming in into all group sessions. Um, so I spend a few hours a week doing these, and, and that brings me in over $100,000 a year, in that, uh, sorry, $100,000 a month in net revenue in that space, right? So then what happens there? Uh, so it's not passive, it's still a few hours of my week, but I built this business, which is passive now, to do this, right? So now I've got my real estate business being in its revenue. Now I've got, uh, sorry, this a uh, uh, boot camp that's bringing me in you know, $118,000, let's say, on average a month. Uh, which is which is about where we're at today. Um, okay, so then now what what are do, do from there? I bring people in this coaching program. Well, could I do like an alumni with a membership with a real low-cost membership? Um, that also then creates. So I might create another six seven ten grand a month passive income, right? So then okay Well, then I, I've got all these people in this program that I like, do Josh I need an affordable IDX lead capture website where I can install my own pixels and do all this own stuff it doesn't exist in the marketplace so, okay, I would team up with some uh, a group of us uh, badass uh, web developers, and we're creating it um, to help feed them. So then now we have software that's not, you know, I mean, it takes a lot to create a lot of uh, upfront expenses, but, you know, let's say in, in a couple of years, we have two, 3,000 people on that software. That's a we've got coming in. Um, And then I have my entrepreneur products, right? So then I coach and teach entrepreneurs on how to do really everything that I've done in my business, and uh, it becomes, you know, for another three, four hours a week, that's another a month uh, of revenue business. Um, The t-shirts, right? So my podcast is Get Shit Done. right? So GSD Mode, my website is gsdmode.com. You guys can go check all that stuff out there. Um, Okay, well, got GSD t-shirts. Not a big money maker, but taking, you know, probably net close to $1,500 a month, let's say. um, T-shirts, I'm always just kind of peeing off. What I'm doing, focused on mastery, just keeps creating opportunity after opportunity after opportunity Uh, So then what am I doing with all this? Well, I live frugally as hell, right? I don't live, like, I mean, I wear, you know, eight-hour t-shirts that I make myself. Like, I don't, (laughs) I I, I, I live very frugally, why? So then I can take all that coin, I can stack that cash, create other businesses, other investments, or buy, uh, you know, Angel invest in other other organizations, or if I wanna go out there and start buying apartment buildings, um, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you're just creating those other opportunities.
0: Awesome, man. So obviously you can see that your real estate business starting back in 23 years old was a foundation that has propelled you to just launch businesses, businesses, businesses since then. And uh, I think that's super cool. So just, I think we just got time for more questions. What is it, maybe you could touch base on this real quick, utilizing a squeeze page on Facebook, Facebook that captures leads into your database. Can you share, shed some light on that?
1: Yeah, so, okay, so here, here's a, so a squeeze page, you guys, is just an online ad. That's all it is. So maybe I go onto Facebook, um, and, and so I'll give you my free strategy. So I join a bunch of Facebook groups, like Swift Swap groups, um, Buy, Sell, Trade groups, whatever that's in my city, in my area, business networking groups. I want to join as many groups as I possibly can. Uh, so then I'm going to go out and I'm going to post in 10 groups a night. Right? I want to put, if you get to the point where you're, like, hitting 20, Facebook will shut you down for 30 days, right? Because they, they kind of start getting what you're doing. And they want you to pay for traffic. Yeah, that's how they make their money. So I go join all these groups, and I'm going to create that squeeze page. It just it, it, it takes them to a link. They're just, it's an ad that they click on that takes them to my website with an IDX, lets them click on it once or twice, and then they have to opt in to, to further the process, right? And then that becomes a lead. So it might be, uh, you know, like and I'm kind of edgy, so I'll put out there like, Boom, you know, check out these badass uh, uh, homes that fields just listed with swimming pools or whatever it may be with a dope picture of a, a sparkling swimming pool. They click on it. They get brought to my website of that property or, or the home search um, of, of that area, whether I'm doing a single property or a search. Um, they click on the homes. They click twice, uh, two or three times, let's say, and then from there, they're prompted, hey, to continue viewing the site. You've got me in exchange for your email and contact information and um, we sign up uh, you know close to 20 of, of the people on on um my software right now that we're utilizing that does it so you guys can go check out my site that i'm beta testing right now with all this sold by joshua.com is the url uh but that's the one And dude it's killing it because the two what we're doing with it is like okay if i find out facebook maybe because it's cold traffic they need to spend more time on my site so then i can say okay facebook's Facebook people, I allow them to click ten times before I ask for the opt-in. Maybe organic traffic uh, that is, I said, maybe I give them fifteen times. Maybe Google PPC because they're putting in very specific information. I only let them twice, right? So mm-hmm. we have so many different intricates that we can change and targeting and pixeling information that just that exists out there. Their site and 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 I mean it's brilliant, it has to Look at that aspect.
0: Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on the winning series interview today. This will be up on our YouTube channel here, probably later today, so other people are going to watch it. I appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us your skills, your knowledge, and your ambition. Anything else you want to say uh, before we sign off?
1: Yeah, you guys, I would just uh, I do one thing, I was there. Like, I, None of this has been easy. I just want you guys to know. People hear some of the success that guys like myself or other top producers or guys like Colton have had. None of this is easy, right? I've been $100,000 in credit card debt because I made bad decisions. I've, I've had to refinance houses to pay IRS taxes. And like, I've been in the corner of my office a dozen times in tears, right from the towel. I get a lot of people have this, this limiting belief that these top producers uh, must be born from a special genetic code or, or whatever. It's, it's absolute utter bullshit, right? They're, they're just the same as you. They're just willing to outfill, out persevere, out push everybody else. So, it, you're, you're gonna you gonna get delivered pain in life, in life, in business. Life is gonna bring you pain. Use that pain to wake up, um, to reflect, to learn from that. Your painful moments, your biggest failures, your biggest painful moments, become your best learning experiences and define you as that that person. So um, there there is no limits, dude. You just gotta commit right now to who do I want to become, um, and then just start living every day intentionally. I mean, you can easily go out there and whoop my ass if you choose to, right? So so everybody's capable. Remove the limiting beliefs out of your mind. Go out there create an epic life and
0: keep taking ass. Well, you know what? That, to me, like, I look at life like this, Josh, is I don't know how in the hell, but, and I told Kevin Ward this a couple weeks ago, I've got this heart that's beating in my chest, right? And when I wake up in the morning, I can either choose to create this impossible game and, and create this, this level that I'm going to play at today to maximize capacity today, Or I can just kind of look at you know what all the problems all around me and just sit and wait for it to happen. To me is I don't know when this heart's going to stop beating, right? It could be today. There's people that were on the earth yesterday that are not here today, and I've said this a hundred times, right? And you don't know when yours is going to end, so take advantage of what you have right now. Be grateful for where you're at, but create, create, create with what you've been given. So I love your style. And I love that analogy of, okay, I got 603 months left. Each one's ticking off. What am I gonna do to make sure that I'm I'm taking full advantage getting clarity? So I appreciate that, man. Thanks everyone for watching. Josh, we appreciate you. Make sure to check out his website and we will see you guys soon. Hey everyone, did you like this episode? Well, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle. We'll see you there.